I want to talk today about free to go forward. Free to move forward. And our focus is going to be Philippians chapter 3. So if you take your Bibles and turn there with me, we'll be in this important text this morning and tonight. And so I hope that you will plan to be with us again tonight as we worship the Lord, enter His presence together, and allow His Word to speak and be planted in our hearts as a church. Philippians chapter 3, and as you're turning, let me give you the context of what is happening. Paul is expressing his desire to hit the bullseye of God's will for his life. He wants to experience and walk with God in such a way that he realizes the high call that he has been given. And so out of that heart, he says these words in verse 13 of Philippians 3. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul makes a joint statement in this verse. He says, I am forgetting, and I'm pressing forward. If I am able to get beyond the past, but I have no clarity on where God is taking me, my destiny is foggy and confusing, then I am not going to hit the bullseye of God's will for my life. Tonight, and especially to young people, but it's so relevant to, to every age, I'm going to talk a lot in the introduction of the message about destiny and how we are, are able to get clarity on where God is taking us. But this morning, we've got to start with getting beyond the past. Because if you are clear on where God is taking you, but you have not reconciled your past, then you can't go forward. I have been pastoring for 20 years, and one of the lessons I have learned is that the greatest force that holds people back is the force of the past. It's the greatest force in life that I see holding people back. No matter how much you sense God wanting to do in your future, unless the past is reconciled, You cannot go forward. The past will continue to sabotage your future. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Chance and Pastor Jason to come and help me. And and I want to illustrate for you the kind of tension there is in dealing with the past. If you guys will just come right over in this section here. I'm going to allow this blue band to represent the past. You sense in your heart this passion to go forward. And as you try to move forward, yet there is something that keeps pulling you back. Until we reconcile the past, this is exactly the illustration of what's going on in the hearts of so many Christians. They get moving forward, but then they're pulled back. Those of you raised in church are familiar with the terminology backsliding. Much of backsliding is simply an unreconciled past. Through this illustration, I want you to see that the Spirit of God is restricted to work in my future until we deal with the past. 
I want you to see in this, until the past is dealt with, the Spirit of God is limited by my unwillingness to confront and deal with the past to really work with me in the future and the hope, the plan that he has for me. I hope that by the end of this message, all of us will collectively say, not another day being restricted by the past. Not another day. We will either deal decisively with the past and move forward, or we will be defeated by the past. Say these words with me. Not another day. You ready? Not another day. Now I want to go over with you, thank you guys, a few things that will hold us back. And the first one is the regret of the past. Paul had persecuted Christians. He was standing there when Stephen was stoned. Paul had a lot of regret. All of us have days in our past that if given the choice, we would live them over again. We would, we would do things differently. Now here we are left with the regret. We want to start again, but we can't start over. We want to move forward, but we've got to reconcile the regret of the past. What Paul shows us is the way to deal with the regret of the past so you can move forward. And that is redeeming it. Where Paul was so well-versed in his anti-God attitude. He, he hated Christians. He hated the church. And out of that attitude, he was motivated. But when he was redeemed, he redeemed the hatred and he redeemed the regret by turning it into a ministry and his future, he lived out of an attitude of grace. He was motivated by grace. He even wrote, it is by the grace of God that I am what I am. And it's by the grace of God that I do what I do. You, you sense his entire future was redeeming the regret of the past. It wasn't trying to pay God back because you can't pay it back. You can't turn the clock back. There is a place for retribution. But the passion you see in Paul was not trying to pay God back, but it was redeeming the regret of the past. You take the negative and you turn it into a ministry. You take what the enemy has used to try to beat you down over the regret of the past, you redeem it and you turn it into ministry to people that are now where you used to be. Get in your mind the picture of the Twin Towers as they were hit by the airplanes and then they, they crumbled to the ground. Get in your mind the picture of the twisted metal, the wreckage of that horrible event. With that in your mind, I, I now want you to look at this picture. The picture that's coming up on PowerPoint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the USS New Yorker. And that ship was built and made out of the metal wreckage of 9-11. And I want that to serve as 
a metaphor for God taking the disaster, the regret of the past, and turning it into something of use. Paul became a weapon of choice in the hands of God. Satan could not slow him down. Satan could not stop him. If Satan put him in prison, he just witnessed to the prison guards. If he was stoned, God would raise him back up and he would go right back into the city and continue to share the message of the grace of God. You talk about a wounded healer. This world needs a bunch of wounded healers who redeem the regret of our past and go out as a weapon of light and life to those who are now where we used to be. Do not. Let the devil define your future by the regret of the past. This is a new day. This is a new season. And you can move forward in the redemption of God's power and his love. I would challenge us to confront unresolved questions about the sovereignty of God. I can't move forward unless I deal with the regret of the past. I can't move forward unless I deal with the unresolved questions in my mind about the sovereignty of God. This is where I pause long enough to realize that everything that happens was either made to happen or allowed to happen by God. He makes or allows Everything that happens. And when you live long enough, you cannot help but start asking some questions. If you come from a very dysfunctional family, you will come to a point where you will ask God why he allowed you to be born in that family. Hey God... Were you trying to play out a cruel joke? You saw what they did to me. You saw how I was treated. Where were you? Why did you allow this to happen? An unresolved question about the sovereignty of God. Some people in this room, you struggle with the way you look. You read the scripture and it says, you were knit together in your mother's womb... And you're like, hey, God, were the needles dull? (laughs) Were they broken? An unresolved question. You are trying to move forward, but yet you are pulled back because there's something still in you that's unresolved. Four years ago, when... My brother, who was then 41, when we found him dead, it was a tragedy in my family. And we found that out on a Thursday. I flew to Dallas, where he lived, and joined my parents there to start uh, getting his body back to Arkansas so we could plan a funeral. And I, I felt in my heart that I... I needed to be in church on that Sunday, and I needed to preach, not because my church would have expected me to, but... I am ministered to by you. I am ministered to by the family of God. And so I was there not because they needed me. I was there because I needed them. 
and the very tragic circumstance through which led to my brother's death, right at the end of the, the message, which I had not said anything about my brother that day, a man comes up to me and asks for me to pray for him who is in the very situation that my brother had died from. So when I drive home that day, it's like Satan is the co-pilot and he is really having his way with me until I said, God, I don't understand this. I prayed. Hundreds, even thousands of people prayed. I've seen you help many, many people who were in this same situation. Where were you, God? And when that starts getting embedded in your heart and in your mind, in your thinking, it will cause you to be pulled back. You can't move forward. Here I am trying to preach through that unresolved question about the sovereignty of God. I want you to get real with yourself. I want us to get real with one another. It is not just a neat thought that we can move forward. It is the truth of the word of God that we are called to move forward. But no one just happens to the next level. We've got to become intentional and honest about who we are and where we are and anything that could limit or hinder us. Unresolved questions about the sovereignty of God will sabotage the future that God has for you. As we deal with those, how how can we respond to those who were raised in a very hurtful, dysfunctional family and you ask God why because here's the crisis of the matter or the crux of the matter and a message like this your mind has to tell you that Pastor Ron is asking you to follow the God into your future who messed up your past If he makes or allows everything that has happened, then why today would I surrender, submit my life and its future to the God who I think messed up the past? Unresolved questions. You will find as I minister to you, I will do everything I can to get beyond the Sunday smile to where we really are. There's a lot of people that can handle certain sermons as long as you don't go there, there, that place that's sensitive, that they've closed off. It's like, let's deal with every other subject, but don't go there. I believe if we're going to move forward, we have to go there before we can go there. Let's go there today. Because if you are willing to go there to confront the unresolved question, the first thing we learn is that we cannot hold God responsible for what people do with free will. Free will is a gift from God. 
wasn't for free will, we would all be born in a family of robots and that, that doesn't function. And I cannot today hold God responsible for what other people have done with the gift of free will. As a word of encouragement, I feel to say this now. I am not underestimating the pain of your past. But somehow it has brought you here. And here is not so bad. To the person who is struggling with the way you look. Well... Where do you take your definition for the way you should look? Do you take it from some designer in New York or Los Angeles or Miami? Why would you put into the hands of somebody you can't control I love and have grace toward anyone that's a homosexual. I think that the church must move with an attitude of grace. But I need to say this. The fashion that comes out and the way that a woman should look in this present day is being defined by a homosexual designer in New York. You should take your cues from a designer in New York or L.A., you should allow the one who loves you the most to assess you. Well, it got a little quiet. Can I feel that? That was Barracuda Waters. I appreciate all of these teenagers, and let's praise God for this great group of teenagers. I'm going to come out here and tell you, I'm going to come out here and tell you that the, the people you see on magazines, they have been touched up. Airbrushed. There is no surgery that can do that. Some of the most miserable people are those who try to take the definition of who they are and the way they should look from someone who has not found their identity in God. You know what we need? We need you to be you. We need you to be who God made you to be. We need you to become comfortable in your own skin. We love you just the way you are. You will never move forward if you have a bone to pick with God about the way you look. You will spend hours trying to be someone that God never made you to be. We don't need a second someone. We need the first you. In the issues of like. The death of a loved one. And the question comes, God, where were you? I think the greatest help to me was what Kelly has taught me. 
through a tragic experience of her life is that you reach a place where you don't need to know the answer to the question why. Let's reason it out. If God could give me and would give me an answer to why my brother died at such a young age and the way he died, would that change anything? I think what the Holy Spirit wants to do is teach us that he is better than the answer. And the way Job got to a place where he could say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord, is because he reached a place that God was more important and worth more to him than the answer. God, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Lord, they're past finding out. I'm going to quit trying to find the answer. I'm just going to come after you. Because you will never find the answer to some of the questions on this side. But if you seek him, you will find him. If you go after him, you will find him. Not another day dealing with an unreconciled past. Finally, unforgiveness and bitterness toward others. If I don't redeem the regret of the past and deal with the unresolved questions about the sovereignty of God and work through the unforgiveness and bitterness toward people of the past, I cannot move forward. Paul was beaten five times with 39 lashes. He was beaten with rods three times. He was stoned once, like with rocks. Just want to clear that up for the middle section here. You got to know who you're talking to. Got to know who you're talking to. See what I'm saying? It's my people right here. My people. Now, if any man could have lived with bitterness, it was Paul. And yet he lives out of this grace. When God would raise him back from the beating or the stoning, he would go right back into the same place and keep preaching the grace and the gospel of God. God cannot take a bitter person into a better future. When you start to move forward and you sense the energy of God and the excitement, there could have even been someone in last week's service and the spirit of newness was at work and you sensed an excitement and this week you stepped out to move forward but you felt the pull. And you're right back where you were because there's an unreconciled issue. There's an unforgiveness in your heart. You went for that which was better, but because you're bitter, you can't have the better. Not another day. Many of you are involved in these Beth Moore Bible studies, which are life-changing. You know that Beth Moore was raised in Arkadelphia, Arkansas... 
there she was as a little girl going to church, a dynamic personality. Everybody that watched her just thought God had certain and special things for her. Along the way, as she was going from like that age of a, of a little girl going to her teenage years, she was physically, sexually abused by someone in the church. From that point on, her little face was always looking downward. The smile was gone, and she lived in a personal prison of her own private pain. She would come to moments, maybe like some of you are having today, where she sensed the presence of God calling her to move forward. And as she would step out to move forward, yet she was always pulled back to the unreconciled issue of her past. She would sense in her heart God tapping on that gift of teaching and she would have thoughts from the word of God. Things would come to her heart. She would see a way to to illustrate. She would see a way to teach a truth from the word of God and there would be all of this energy as the spirit of God was resonating with her heart and as she would step out to be used of God, then she would be pulled back because of the unreconciled past. Finally realizing she had to deal with it, She offered that horrible, horrific situation to God. The person never came to her and said, I want to tell you how sorry I am. She finally went to that person and said, I want to tell you that I, I forgive you for what you did to me. The person responded like this. Okay. And he turned and walked away, which could create, could have created another issue. And she learned what Martha Tennyson teaches, that the person who hurts you can never heal you. And she gave that horrible situation to God. She said, not another day. And when that issue of her past was reconciled, it's like she was propelled forward into the call of God, which is what Paul is talking about in Philippians 3. There is a call for every one of us. We move forward to achieve that call. Unrestrained, no longer restricted, no more being held back by the issues of yesterday moving forward as he makes all things new God was using her as she spoke and wrote led a Sunday school class that ended up being attended by thousands of women lives were being changed she started traveling across the country the day came that a group of people invited her back to Arkadelphia to hold like a citywide event. More people attended that event than live in the city of Arkadelphia. A lady came up to her after the close of one of the services and says, I want to share a story with you. Every Tuesday, we open up the doors of our church and we show your videos and lives are being changed. We do your Bible studies. She said, ladies, line up 
and wait for us to open the doors. It's been a, a life-changing experience for so many. And Beth says, well, what church is it? And wouldn't you know, it's the very church that she grew up in. The very church where the horrible situation happened. God took the wreckage. God took the pain of the past. And as Kelly has taught, you give God the wound and God hands you back a weapon. And you go forth as Beth Moore has. And you minister Anybody who's listened to her teach knows there's such a powerful anointing. And it's not because it's at the level of a gifted teacher. It's an anointing that comes through a vessel who has come through something. I can always tell the difference in someone who's just gifted and someone who is gifted and weathered some storms. Who understand that the valleys come and that the valleys get very low and and that storms get very intense and that nights get very long and dark. But they held to God until the joy came in the morning and they minister out of an anointing that comes from having reconciled the past. Could you guys come back just one more time and I want to show you in closing what I think happened for Beth Moore and for all of those who reconcile the past. I know what it's like to be pulled back by an unresolved question of God's sovereignty. I know what it's like to have a regret that needs to be redeemed. I know what it's like to have an unforgiving heart. Beth Moore feeling that gift to be used of God and yet pulled back by the unforgiveness. But once you give it to God, I want to show you what happens. The Lord just kind of transforms you and now that which held you back now is used to launch you forward. Forward. Come on, let's really praise God for his power to move us forward. Praise God. 